quote for me again if you knew where the quote came from you would think it's a sexual quote but it ain't no fun unless the homie get that because if my man's is good i'm good that's you know that's a whole nother perspective right there Three, two, one, action. Yes, sir. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Millionaire Mansion Podcast. My name is James Hodgkin. I'm the owner of the Millionaire Mac Club. And at the Millionaire Mac Club, we believe millionaires defined by the mindset and not monetary status. And we're tapping into our limitless potential, man. Tapping into our limitless potential. And we're on episode 54 today. I got a guest. I got... My guy King met him on Instagram. Had to DM him. Saw saw everything that he's doing. Saw different stuff that he's doing. Your bio's full of different ads, different things you're a part of. He's he's a real estate investor, a co-pod podcast host, and an AAU coach. So you know how we get down on the Millionaire Mac Club. We 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 just need to bring on guests that are doing big things. So I had to bring in King to drop some gems for y'all. So King, how you doing, bro? Juju, what's going on, man? Thank you for having me, bro. Um, I'm doing very well. It's been a blessed week. Um, hope you've been doing well. Ready to drop some of this knowledge on you and your and your and your, your following, bro. I love it. I love it. So you're in you're in virginia you're in virginia man wait before we get into the real stuff what's the weather like out there it's actually pretty i mean pretty brave it's not you know it's i'm I'm a cold weather guy so it it fits right into me my thermostat is in the 60s like i I love that cold feel so it's, it's getting it's dropping you know yeah so you're from new york so really silver spring so originally silver spring um Silver Spring, Maryland, PG. Uh, I've lived all over Maryland. Um, so my trajectory has traveled. Oh, I went to school in South Carolina. You know, I have a wide range of areas that I've I've migrated in. So um call me a call me a mutt, whatever you want to call me, man. <laughs> right, <I'm> here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so here. right off rip, what what's been your favorite place you've either gone or lived? Favorite place that I've gone or lived. That's tough. I've, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, and, and I guess it really just depends on the type of, um, you know, feel you're getting. So my mother's Jamaican and my father's got me. So I'm West Indian roots. So just as of, man, a couple of weeks ago, me and my girl went to Jamaica. So this mm-hmm. is the first time I went to Jamaica as a tourist. Right. And um, it was very, very touristy. I, you know, I didn't, you know, because I've lived the, the culture for, for 35 years, I've never experienced it as an American. And, and it was really touristy. Not a bad time, man. Great views, you know, uh, great people. It was, it was dope experiencing with her and a couple of friends. But that's my most recent trip. Um, but I've been to DR, England, Guyana, um, Vegas, all over, man. Right. So it's hard for me to pinpoint one. Oh, dang. see, I mean, right. if you have the the full catalog, I wouldn't be able to pick right. it, man. Right. That's yeah. what's up. So what do you think, you know, I'm, when I was younger, I wasn't big on traveling because I used to be scared of flying and we would travel for AAU, obviously, and do like the little close states. So I'm from Phoenix. So we'd go to okay. the Vegas tournaments, the Cali tournaments, 
you know, and uh, different spots in AZ. And I used to hate the car rides too. So I was putting myself in the box, right? I was putting myself Mm -hmm. in the box. Oh, I don't like traveling. But now I go to school in Oregon, hooping in Oregon. And what I'm realizing, bro, is like, you're the same person, but you're a different person in different places. And Mm -hmm. it's honestly so awesome to awaken yourself and see the different variety of personality you have so what's your experience with that and like traveling and being in different spots being in different things and and it's and it's funny so it's bringing an east coast vibe to the west coast right it's new it's different right, right. just like and again i don't know if you've been over on this side but when they call it northern hostility southern hospitality so mm. i went to school in south carolina and so my approach from being where i'm from when i when i went to school there I was more so looking around over my shoulder because of the right. type of hospitality that they were giving versus right. what I'm accustomed to at home. So again, my vibe, my energy was different there because they're used to that. I'm more aggressive. Right. So it was just a complete, it was a it was definitely a culture shock for me, but um it was a great experience. So yes, definitely all the places that I've been, Vegas on the West Coast or whatever, it, it's, it's the same thing that follows me. But maybe it's because of my aggression, my roots, whatever, but that's what I've come across anytime I've done some traveling. Mm, right there. That's interesting. That's interesting, bro, because, uh, you know, I, I I haven't lived on the East Coast yet, but I've mm-hmm. I've been to Massachusetts. I've been in the Midwest. Uh, have I been anywhere else on the East Coast? I've just been to Boston. And okay. the experience out there is, is way different than mm-hmm. the West Coast. And it's weird how different the West Coast like the bottom of the West Coast, the southern, southern part of the West Coast is different from Oregon. Cause like in Phoenix, when you're walking around, you see anybody here was good. How you doing? Da, 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 uh-huh. da. In Oregon, so the the homeless population is super high. So okay. people on the street literally are walking around like this, and you try to wave at them, and they don't get down like that. Cause uh, since there's a lot of drug addicts out here, so they don't. They want to keep stuff short so you don't get in any compromising position. So it's super interesting hearing different experiences, right? Um, So, so what was, what was your basketball career like? So uh, I ended up, so I was more so of a high profile track athlete. Mm. Um, Basketball was secondary to me, but I exceeded in basketball on a high school level. Um, So I took that to college. So out of high school, everybody felt that I was going to do track in college um, because of how good I was. And because that was the perception and the persona, I wanted to prove everybody wrong because I felt like it was a challenge that I couldn't do basketball. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up getting a contract overseas for basketball. Um, didn't pursue it for personal reasons. We can get into that later. But, you know, that was part of me being a, knuckle, being a knucklehead when I was younger. But, um, but yeah, so I, I've... I, I've made it the opportunity to the professional level mm-hmm. um, and those gifts and opportunities and knowledge that I've gained, I wanted to pass on, which um, made me start doing what I'm, what I'm currently doing. Right. Okay. So, so that's, that's crazy. So you didn't take, didn't take the track route, the basketball route we got to get into. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what I want to know is, all right, what what filled the gap area of the typical college time? 
So I did. So I ended up when I left high school, I went to college. I played okay. Juco Ball in Maryland first. Uh-huh. And then I transferred. That's what got me to South Carolina. Oh, gotcha, so, um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, I ended up at a um, college called Voorhees in South Carolina. So for from I graduated in 04, um, left school in 2009. So that five-year gap, I, I was playing ball mm-hmm. um, the whole time. Uh, so then, like I said, got the got the contract in 2009, summer of 2009. And, um, you know, from a playing standpoint, I never looked back. And it never was... You know, I feel like I accomplished my goal. It never was a lingering. So of course the thought of how you would do, but mm-hmm. it never, it never, it never, you know, infested me to the point where it just was something that I just couldn't shake. You know, mm-hmm. I've always knew my, my gift to that component of my life would always be the knowledge that I pass on to the next, mm-hmm. you know? So that I learned that at a very early age. Um, I, you know, we all have hoop dreams when you start. Especially you make every level that you succeed, you, you of course, your perception of your persona, yourself getting higher and higher, you feel like you can. But I knew where my plateau in that game was, playing-wise, which is why once I left in 09, I never looked back. Right. So you, you touched on something so powerful that I think, honestly, all athletes of any type need to understand is, like, your, your athletic dream is awesome, but find out who you are, what makes you you with your sport, right? And I, I think that's so important because, you know, my, my, my JUCO coach now, what he says all the time is, like, you are who you are, whether you're playing ball. Like, if you're an overall lazy person, then there's no, there's no, no surprise you're not diving on the floor. Then there's no surprise mm-hmm. that you're having troubles with your girlfriend because you're lacking communication. There's no surprise mm-hmm. you're not doing good in the classroom because it all right. it all correlates. And mm-hmm. from him, from him teaching me that I developed the saying that my friends always laugh at me when I say it, but I stand by this. Like you drive your car the way you wash your dishes. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna wash your dishes half-assed, then you're gonna drive drive your car kind of casually, not really paying attention. And you're putting other people in a in a very vulnerable position. Obviously, the dishes aren't going to kill anybody, but um, I think what you said is so important, bro. Like, it's so important to find out who you are and constantly be in pursuit of understanding you're ever evolving. And just because you cap out in one thing doesn't mean you can't move Man. on to the other thing and bring Correct. those lessons. Like, just because, oh, dang, my hoop dream's over. All right, bet. Now, what did you learn from basketball? You learned uh, you need habits. You, le- you learn you need hard work. You need teamwork. Now go translate that into the workforce. Go translate that. Make a podcast. Go translate that. Correct. That's something so important. And honestly, can you expand on that a little more? The lessons that you've learned from hoop, learned from track, and how you translated them into things you're doing now, like real estate investing, AAU coach, you know, being a pops, doing different things of that nature. Yeah, my, my range is, is pretty wide. So right, if I could, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to tap it all into one. So, uh, you know, growing up was was difficult for me on a on a social standpoint because I wasn't as a kid generally the guy that gravitated to friends, had a lot of friends, had a lot of girlfriends, so on and so forth. Right. So I grew up as a loner. You know, it was just me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of cousins, but again, from Jersey, New York, all over, like somewhere in England, Jamaica. So, um, you know, it, we were all, we weren't 
based in one community, one right. neighborhood together, like like generally it is. So it was me and my sister, my mother, my father. And um, yeah, like I just was fat, out of shape. Again, my people West Indian. So I wasn't getting fresh haircuts every day, right. you know, every week, every two weeks. I wasn't, I didn't have Jordans on my, so I wasn't a popular guy mm. early on. So once I started to take off in athletics, my popularity started to grow, of course, you know, right. and um, that mind frame didn't make me want to have friends. I actually made me want to figure out and find out what makes you guys like me now. Mm. So my mind frame wasn't like, I right, cool, I'm getting the attention. I'm going to absorb it. I'm going to use the attention I'm getting to learn you so that now I know how to handle the next situation. So that's how I gravitated to to what I'm doing. So it became more chess moves than anything for me, Woo. you know. So I took that on and took the, took it on with what came with it: popularity, females, attention. I mean, I used to be the guy in the back of the class falling asleep, right? right? And getting up, handing me your paper. I get my answers, and then I turn my test in. Like that's how high school was for me, like a like a story, right? right. So um, as I started to grow and mature. Um, one thing that you can't really plan for as a kid is these females, right? right? You really can't. So I ended up having a kid very young in college. Mm -hmm. That matured me even more though, because mm -hmm. now my mind frame was protect, provide, support, mm. not come out here. Cause again, I'm on my own now, right? Like I don't have, I'm not going to my parents' house every day. I'm on my own, but having a kid really matured me even more. So all of my strategies, everything that came along with it, now taking on that burden, not burden, but taking on that responsibility right. of having another life that I need to support, it all just molded me to how I am. And it just kept driving me and fueling, fueling me because I wanted to be able to give him everything that I didn't have, even though it's not that I didn't have much, you know? Right. I wasn't, it's you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in problems. Right. Exactly. So I definitely wanted to give him all that he can ask for. At that time, it was just my son, Trey. So um, that's what actually did me more good than bad was having him. Because if I did, I think at some point I would have I would have started to descend because the way my mom was, the way how fueled I was with um, a lot of aggression, like it just it would it probably would have ended up bad for me. I'm not even going to lie. So my son definitely was a blessing. Mm. Bro, you, oh my, I already dropped a bar. I already dropped a Man. bar. That is crazy. The chess move that you were making because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people take the victim route. Oh, why am I not getting, getting the clout? Why am I not popular? Why am I not mm -hmm. have the Jordans? Da, 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 da. But you're, you're just observing, observing, learning, learning, right. learning. And Honestly, with the resume that we've touched on, because I'm sure you're doing way more than I even know. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so with the resume that we've 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 uh, exposed on the podcast just so far, I can only imagine the the chess moves that the unseen moves that are being being made based off of the observations that you've made. And it's no surprise to me hearing that story from uh when you were younger and now now you're a real estate investor and i was looking through your profile seeing seeing you getting mad deals done big <laughs> like and and the the cool thing that i seen was 
you weren't doing an easy type of job, an easy type right. of flip. Like you were really doing some ground up. Ground some, work, right? Some low, like some, yeah. it's going to take a, a minute, but this, watch, just, it, it's one of those moves that it's like, all right, just watch this. Just watch, watch this. So right. that that translation is, is crazy because uh, obviously it's, we go through everything that we go through for a reason. And now you're making boss moves. You're making boss moves, which is awesome to see. So what, what, talk to me about the, the mindset in real estate, the chess moves, because obviously you're an observer, you're an observer and then you go execute, right? So Mm -hmm. What's that like in in the fields, in in your profession where it's like, look, if I don't close this deal, then my, my son's not eating. The rest of my family's not eating. So what's that like? So honestly, I've closed more deals than I've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, my approach and to, to everything. So rewind, right? So as I'm as I'm playing chess with, with people's emotions, their mindset. You know, and I'm and I'm learning this style, this type of person. I'm putting you in your box, so on and so forth. I know how to approach situations when I approach deals. Uh, I did sales for a very long time. So once I left school in 09, mm-hmm. uh, again, my mindset was I don't need nobody. I'm going to figure it out. So right. for about two years, I was working odd jobs. Um janitor just just stuff because i left school without a degree right all right so um didn't have a degree spent the last five years in college now i'm 23 right like i'm i'm, I'm trying to find my way i ended up getting a job in dc working for metro which is the transit system right. in the dmv so i spent i spent almost six years there all right so when i first started i was 80 90 as a 23 year old 24 year old loving it you know thinking i'm everything's good and as the years went on um I, I, you know i learned this too because i got in i got in trouble in college and a lot of stuff too just following order following rules mm-hmm. and metro was more of a military stand type mm-hmm. like more military base everything orders you're giving orders right I don't take orders you know right. I, don't, I don't do that so I found myself in a lot of trouble. And um, once I got, ended up getting fired, once I got fired, I remember I, I left work the night. I was on a night shift. My supervisor called me, said, Yo, I need you to come down to come downtown. Um, so I went downtown. They sat me in the office. They broke the news, made me sign this letter. So I remember getting in my car. And before I, the minute I left the doors, my man called me on the job and was like, yo, bro, I just heard what happened. You good. And I just felt like that was odd because how did it, how did it circle around through the, through everything so soon? Cause I hadn't told nobody, right. but on my mind, I was like, man, look, I don't want to disappoint my mother. So I'm like, damn, that, that was the main thing. Like I didn't care about losing a job. I was just more so fixated on man, not disappointing my mother. So when I went to, when I went to her and I told her and she was like, man, it's a blessing. She was like, she didn't want me there anyway. So at that point, I felt like I had all the support I needed, went full throttle. Right. So once I, I started the nonprofit, so my my 
travel basketball team is actually a nonprofit, a youth development organization. It's not just a basketball team. So we deal in mentorship, education, and athletics. Whoa, so I started the nonprofit. Yeah. We got to get into that later. Hold we on definitely now. can. So from that, um, I ended up, again, learning on the fly. Started the business, gross X amount, didn't fill out the proper paperwork. So when mm-hmm. I went to file taxes, it was a lot of money that wasn't accounted for. So I knew I couldn't file taxes on this money because then it could get perceived as X, Y, Z. So I said, all right, cool. Ended up getting a job in Bethesda, Maryland um, with this company, with this sales company called uh, Stone Street, which ended up being bought out by J.G. Wentworth. I don't know if you heard the commercials. All right, cool. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I I worked sales for them for, uh, what, maybe two, over two years. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that job too, I sat in the office. I remember getting up. My commute was about two and a half hours one way. And I remember one day my son, we was in an office meeting and we're all talking about what we're doing for the holidays. My family takes a vacation every year Mm -hmm. out of the area. Like we travel somewhere and take a family vacation to close the year out. So I hadn't, I hadn't been going because I was working. So, um, I remember sitting in the office and everybody talking about their plans. I told them, yeah, I have uh, intentions of going to San Diego. So my supervisor was like, how are you going to San Diego with no leave? So, you know, I, I, again, I felt like, yo, who are you talking to? Like, you, can't, you can't dictate what I do. I don't, if I have leave or not, that means I'm, I'm leaving with no money. Like, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. So I sat, I, again, now my mind's working, right? I'm playing chess. So after I put some thought into it, I remember going into work a couple of days later, but I had some big deals in the books and on a job, if you leave before you actually get funded, you don't get the money. Mm-hmm. Man, I signed, I typed my resignation letter up at the desk, put it on my supervisor's office, walked out that day. Like, I'm like, look, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't, I don't need it. I don't, I don't have to do it. Like at that point I had real estate stuff flowing in. Um, you know, it was, it was, it, you know, it's just really about following your passion. Forget the money, mm. you know, forget the money. Once you follow the passion, I say this to everybody, the money going to come. You right. chasing the money, you're going to be chasing your tail all the time. When I went to school one time, I, I tried to do IT. That's a hey, bro, I got three Fs and was like, hey, look, man, this, this, is, this is difficult. I went to IT for the money, but I couldn't even get past the first three classes. Right. I said, you know what? Let's, let's rewind this. Let's figure it back out. So... Definitely face the passion. That, bro, that is crazy. That is crazy how, oh, is I love hearing other people's stories and just how, like I said earlier, how everything lines up. Everything yeah, lines up. You does. go through one, one tough time that a lot of people may have folded. A lot of people may have just stuck it out. All right, boss said I can't leave. Then I'm not going to leave. Then be miserable, right? But right. No, no, you broke out, did what you had to do. And no, know, knowing that you, 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 like you say, you had your passion, you had your passion on the back end going. And I love the part of your story when you talked about how your mom thought it was a blessing you got fired. Mm-hmm. And just hearing the story, it kind of seemed like she knew you had more potential. And right. that's, that's like the mother's instincts. That's the mother's instinct. Right. Now, 
you going to a different job and then really tapping in like, no, like, let me break out and do my thing. Right. I, I love to hear that. I really love to hear that. So what when, when did you start in real estate? I think my first home was in 2016, 2017. Wait, that was so my how, first. How old are you? So I'm 35. 35. Okay. Bad. 35. Um, June. So first home was in in either 2016, 2017 in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh-huh. And the, the stigma of Baltimore is what The Wire. I don't know if you've seen the show The Wire, right? Yeah, I've seen it. When you hear, when you hear what, out here in the East Coast, when you hear Baltimore hood, you think it's, you know. But again, I'm being strategic with my moves. Right. Why do I want, well, if, if again, an investment property that at some point I want to flip, I want to turn around. Mm-hmm. I did my market research to Baltimore. The CEO for, um, I believe it's Under Armour from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Baltimore has a lot of rich history. They right. want to regenify it. They want to put money back into Baltimore, build the city back up. Right. I said, all right, five, 10 years, this, this $70,000, $80,000 home that I just bought with a $300,000, $400,000 mortgage is going to end up making me a lot of money. Right. So ended up moving to Baltimore. And, um, you know, like I, re- I remember it vividly when I bought the home, you know, it was a very, I felt like a really good accomplishment for me, right? So I ended up getting, I had a girlfriend at the time. And I remember telling her when I went to, that the house was in Baltimore, I just remember her face. I just remember the way she looked at it. And again, so now the wheels start turning. So now I'm looking at you a little different, you know, right. because instead of just seeing the, the, you know, just instead of just being overly joyful for the situation, like you're just like Baltimore, cool. So, um, hold on, hold on, wait, we talk about that a little more because. That, that's interesting so so when when she when you told her baltimore she wasn't super excited she was ex- but it was kind of like baltimore like nobody moves to baltimore baltimore is a cheap area it's a hood area mm-hmm. it's it you can't a lot of people don't see the long vision right, they right, see right. it now you know and right. i saw a vision whether she believed in me she, i mean didn't believe in me whatever the course course of the action might be when i saw her reaction you know, I just, I knew, right? Like, I, you know how everything now, red flags, right? That was my red flag, right. you know? Um, but because again, she she came from money, you know? She pops, made a lot of money, so on and so forth. So she she didn't have a certain struggle like everybody, like certain people. So again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to get mine. So my mortgage was $400, right? When I bought it, like, I, I was overjoyed, you know? Like, oh, yeah, the crib was like $80,000. Right. And this is the thing. It was a row home, which is a town home, essentially. And the inside was renovated. So forget what you see on the outside. The minute you walk in, the house, the house looked really good. Right. I put some I put a little work into it still. And I ended up starting. Now I turned that over to being a landlord. Mm -hmm. So with my mortgage being 400, I was charging 1500 to stay there. So I was making eleven hundred dollars a month off it. Right. Right. So look, my wheels start turning. I spent basically all my time at her credit. Mm-hmm. So I, all my stuff was paid for. I'm getting that to my bank account. So I'm stacking plus what I'm making. Cause again, I didn't have a mortgage under that. So whatever I'm making for work, I'm stacking, I'm stacking. Exactly right. So um, again, it comes with the territory. So anybody want to get in real estate, they got to know vex your people that are moving into your house. Extremely strict. 
mm-hmm. that tenant that I had that was charging that I was charging fifteen hundred to, mm-hmm. I ended up after she left spending about 10, 10 stacks having to fix my home up and how bad she damaged it. What was she doing? Right? Man, I mean, I walked in there once to get mail, and I saw mice and rats from across the oh, floor. Geez. Her daughter, I don't know, her son tried to hand me a used condom. Oh. Exactly. This Baltimore, though. So, again, listen, it's all strategic. You got to understand. I, you know what I mean? So, I knew what I was getting into. Now, uh-huh. granted, I didn't expect all of that, but right. she ended up leaving without paying month, you know, a few months rent. So, I had to figure it out, man. I had to paint the whole crib and fix some stuff up. How were the heaters? I had to do had to do a lot. And then again, I got blessed with another tenant that started paying 1300 now 1500 less, but had no issues, right. you know? So I ended up selling that home and making a profit off it just this year, 2021, yep. So I just made a profit off that home that I purchased in 2016, 2017. Right, so, yeah. so it was... It was, you really lived out the whole vision, went through the whole nine, went through the ups, the downs with it. Right. That, that's all, I, man, that's a dope right. story. That's a, wait, I want to, I want to rewind back to the, uh, the part when your girl was kind of like, huh? Like when, uh-huh. because honestly, I, I, I would put you in the category of being a visionary, right? Mm-hmm. And I put myself in that category also. And I run into those situations quite often. So I'm just trying to get some game on it. So, so, you know, they, you know, the saying like the biggest, the quickest way to kill a big dream is to tell it to a small thinker. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously you want to surround yourself with great people. You want to surround yourself with people that want better. And the person maybe your significant other and they may not be a small thinker but they may not see they may not have as big aspirations in a certain sphere as you right so Correct. how do you how, how do you handle that what game can you give on that so it really all depends man because in a general situation i wouldn't even surround myself around those type of people mm-hmm. but again we were dating right so it wasn't as easy to just dismiss her Right. So, like I said, she comes from money, right? At so many times, she was comparing me to her father, mm. right? My path is different. He was making a lot of money in his 20s. I didn't really start making decent money till my 30s, mm. you know? Everybody's path is different. But the let's just say he was, at the time, like, at one point, he was making, like, 800000 right. That was small money to me, though. I'm like, 800000 That's it? Like, right. that's that's what you want like i'm thinking bigger than that right, right. right? like I, I have like that's more money to me so when i'm sitting here trying to convey my message and you know in these conversations i'm trying to talk about it it just was a lot of restriction because again she had her masters and was doing good and making decent money and i think at the time we stopped talking she was like i think she had just got a job told me she was making ninety thousand. Yeah. cool like, I want to make 90000 in a month, right? right. I, like, not in a year. My, and I'm like, this is how I feel I can do it. And I understand that currently right now, it's a struggle, right? Like, if my car break down and I got to do a bunch of other stuff to get it fixed, not just take it to the shop, just pay the bread, I'd rather do it that way to save money than, than go ahead and dish money out. So it was just, it was a lot of um, disconnect from that component, which again, in a relationship, when it comes financial, that can make or break a situation, right. regardless of how much 
much love y'all have for each other, like money can, can just draw it. So my advice would just be to just be aware because again, you always want to see a situation through. You don't want to be kind of like, oh, you don't want to overreact at all. Right. So I sit cool. there and I watch. I pay attention. I look around. I see. I take my time with all of my decisions because I always know when I make the when I make it, it's the right one. And um, yeah, like it was, it was, you know, I, it was funny. Like I remember seeing that face, and and that face what motivates me. Those type of situations are what fuels me and motivates me. Right. All the time. Man, that's crazy like, man. because. That's I needed insight on this actually. Like I needed insight on this in the season that I'm in. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that game right there. Oh um, and listen, let me say this though. Uh, uh, being what you're 20, right? You're 20? Yeah, I'm 20. Yeah. All right. So a lot of like I said, I had a kid in 19, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of the mistakes, not a mistake, but a lot of the things that I did that were unconventional, right? I didn't have a platform such as this to get knowledge from, from others. Right. You know, I had to kind of figure it out. So again, when me and you conversed, it was nothing for me to say, yo, look, let me help this young brother out. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I would was looking for and I didn't have it. So right. if I have it to give, then I'm with it. Somebody told me, and I'm gonna ask you this question. Uh -huh. What's the only thing you can give and not lose? The only thing you can give and not lose. Hold on, hold on, because I want to mm -hmm. get right. Stick it You can give and not lose. Man. What is it? Because I'm not. It, Knowledge. Oh, right. That's a oh, Right. So I'm losing nothing giving you anything, getting anybody that listens to this. Like, what am I losing? So the people that try to hold it in, keep it to themselves, right? They're, they're going to burn their bridges. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't lose it. I, I gained it. I can give it without losing anything that I've learned. So, yeah, always remember that. God told me that I, had a, I have a security company, and I was doing security at a club. Mm -hmm. And... um. I was, uh, he asked me for alcohol. I don't drink. So I said, look, man, I can't really help you with that. I can find somebody to help you with that. Mm -hmm. So as I walked away, he called me back to him. So initially he called me back to him because he wanted me to date his wife's sister. Mm -hmm. So after I shot it down, we started to chop it up. And he knew Colin Powell, man, He's he runs the whole you know, um, he runs all of UPS on the East Coast mm -hmm. and very established guy. Um, and we talked, man, and he said that to me. And I've never forgotten it. Never. Like, never. I've stumped like you. What's that? I'm like, what? And when he said it, I'm just like, yo, I'm stumped. Like, yo, that's dope. That is, so, yeah. Like, that's what, no, I'm taking <laughs> it. Yeah, I need that. I need, I need that. I'm, I'm definitely going to quote you. That's a bar yeah, right there. Definitely. Oh. Man, that actually feeds right into what I wanted to talk to you about. Because uh, knowledge, knowledge. So that's actually, knowledge is the reason I wanted to start the podcast and start building my platform. Because not to toot my own horn, but I feel like a lot of people from a young age have poured into me. And I've always mm -hmm. had a high level of awareness and insight. And 
at least that I tapped into because I don't think I'm any better or worse than anybody, but I just feel like I've tapped into it. And Mm -hmm. that's the dope thing about the podcast is hopping on, conversating, hearing your story. And now I don't have to go through that. Or if I do go through that, that King already told me about that on last week's episode. Now I can Mm -hmm. can look for that. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you're doing and what your mission was with your nonprofit and your AAU program. So what's, what's the little backstory, or I won't say little backstory. What's the backstory with the nonprofit, uh, your mission with it and all that. So, uh, you know, I started it because there's a lot of steps that I've missed, you know, um, trying to pursue certain things in athletics and just in life. So again, my people, West Indian, I'm first generation American. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the, American traditions my parents didn't didn't have to pass on to me to be successful in here, right? Like hard work, my father from a third world country, my mother from Kingston, Jamaica. So it's um it was it was it was different. You know, I can't speak for for them and why they did what they did or how they did it, but I just knew a lot of things that I was hearing from American friends, American situations just wasn't what was being brought or taught in my household. Mm. More West Indian Caribbean root things versus American things. So you know, when I started the nonprofit, it was solely to give back to the youth so that they can have a better um, percentage of being successful in whatever they want to do versus what I what I thought I did. I was a horrible student, horrible. My sister was a 4.0 student. She's mm-hmm. a lawyer now, right? Like she runs the 16th district of Virginia. So she runs all of shot. Like she's, she's a crazy successful nice. shout out to her and, and everything she's done. But for me, school was hard, right? Like I said, I, I got kicked out of college. Right. Um, you know, so it, it, it's just a lot of things that, you know, I miss. But I'm not even saying that you need an education to be successful. Because like I said, I, I I made it this far without one. I ended up obtaining my master's and bachelor's. But through, the, through where I'm at now, I didn't need it to get where I was, right. to get where I am. So the nonprofit was started for that reason. So to get the kids in, of course, man, sports, basketball, whatever, get you in. Now you got to have a 2.5 on you and me. You can't have a 2.0 like high schools do. You got to have a 2.5. We do a lot of traveling, which you don't get playing in your local area. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't lead a state unless you're at a prep, private or prep. You don't lead right. a state. But with us, you travel. We've been all all over the travel, from Tennessee, from New York, all the way to Florida. We've been all over. Um, and you got to do some community service work, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be out here in society so they can see you, so they can understand you. Because a lot of people will see you based off of you know, the way you dress, the way you look and not even know you as a kid. But if you're out here helping people with their groceries to the car, guess what? You're going to spark a conversation. How you doing? You mind if I help you? Yes, I do. Let's walk to the car. I hope you're having a great day. What's your name? Like you start right. building those relationships and those conversations. What are you doing out here? Um, this is my AU team. We're just out here helping anybody that wants help, so on and so forth. So, you know, mm-hmm. those are a lot of the components. Um, we did we did college tours to Howard. Like we a lot of that stuff, we just try to open the kids' eyes because guess what? If they see more, they're going to want more. Want more right? And if they want more, they're going to try harder to obtain those things, you know? Mm. So that's the backstory of it. Um, that's powerful. I, yeah. That, bro, because, you know, I went through the whole AAU circuit, went through the whole uh, trajectory of things in the basketball world, making it to collegiate level. And it's crazy how much – the people in power make it about them. Mm-hmm. How you'll oftentimes see those coaches 
trying to relive their dream, but not Ooh, from right. not from the aspect of I want better for you, but from the aspect of damn, this is I, I don't really know how to like articulate it, but they mm-hmm. they approach it in a selfish manner and really what what in my in my perspective and really growing up now is a lot of the lessons and a, the reason I am who I am is because of basketball, just because that was the biggest environment I was in for a majority of my life, right? And I can only imagine how much more progressed I would be coming up in a program like that, coming up in mm-hmm. a program where it's, all right, look, you need to be pushing your limits in all facets of life and giving back to people at the same time, not just not just getting yours because it's, it's it's easy to worry about just you, but it's not it's not as easy or as practice to get in the community mm-hmm. and take care of somebody you've never even seen and probably yeah. never see ever again. Right. right. That's something that's something I don't want to go into a whole nother tandem, but that's something I think we're lacking in our world in general, especially with social media. Uh, like just the the connectivity the spontaneous connectivity in between other other humans because like for you for example it was dope how fast you got back to me how how uh open you were to to -hmm. hop on the pot and I've had a few other people I've been uh dm and they're asking all these questions and then just leave me on red like Mm -hmm. you know um so it's so dope that you're reinstilling that that solid principle of, look, this is my community, how my community goes. That's how I'm a part of that community. So as well as they're doing, I'm doing whatever the community is doing. So I really think that's dope. Um, My next question I want to ask you, because once again, we're going back to the, the full resume, man. You got right. the full <laughs> resume. So how do you juggle it all? It's tough. I can't even lie to you. It's, it's days of, um, you know, lower sleep, days of doing things you don't want to do, sacrificing with your family. I mean, it's days where because my body is so behind on sleep, like eight o'clock, if I get the chance, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it's just it's, it's tough. But again, if why would I want to do this for somebody else? Why would I want to make six figures when somebody's making millions off me? Like that's that's not even a possibility. So um, a lot of people don't venture off into their own businesses because they it's a very difficult thing to do, especially starting up type of capital. You're going to have to invest type of time, type of sacrifice versus going somewhere, punching in the clock, doing eight hours and gone. You know, um, when I worked for JG, it was uh, it was different, though, because. I was still on the clock when I was off it. If a client needed me in California, three hours behind me, I had to make myself accessible. If not, I'm getting an email from my boss like, yo, you got you to gotta get this contract in before somebody else get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of time that, was, that needed to be given. So again, even though somebody says it's eight hours, for me, my own, um, my own situation, it was eight hours on the clock, two and a half hour drive there, Two and a half, two and a half hour drive home. Damn. So you all right. So that was thirteen hour day. That was a thirteen hour day devoted to them, right? So again, if you want eight hours sleep, that's twenty one. 
Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, so then there's three hours in the day that I have to myself, to my family that, you know, that at, at the end of the, at the end of the day, it just wasn't worth it. So it, just understand it's going to be difficult. Whoever tries, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It's going to be deflating. You're going to wake up and wonder why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's so much more gratifying, so much more satisfying when a lot of times, right? If you're selling something, somebody buys your product. Like that feel of somebody liking and wanting what you have. Every time a kid comes to my program, it's gratifying. You're coming because you feel like this is the place for you. Mm -hmm. Anytime, you know, I close a deal, I get a contract signed, right? I don't, I now figure out who I pay. I don't figure out who pays me. Right. When we was when we were on the phone before we started the podcast, what I tell you I was doing. Hey, you like, hold on, let me cut some checks. I'm signing checks. You know what I'm saying? Like checks. that's the that's the dream, right? right. That's that's the dream. That, no, and honestly, like I want to shout you out for that because that, that's empowering right there. Cause that's what I'm building towards. Cause right now, uh my company has a little bit of bread coming in, but I'm not really to the point where I have people hired on and cutting checks, right? So mm-hmm. just to hear you be like, all right, hold on. Let me, let me cut some checks real quick. Let me cut some checks right. and seeing somebody with melanin in their skin doing it right mm-hmm. in front of me, you know? So that's dope. And, and shout out for that. Shout out for that. Um, no, that's dope. But, you know, cause I feel like we could end up chopping it up for hours. Cause I, I, I can tell you have countless stories. Yeah, and we will off, offline and all that. On yeah. me. So my my last question, my last question for you is no, no, mm-hmm. it's kind of so what's what's your favorite quote to live by or what's the last last lesson that you learned? Favorite quote and last lesson that I learned. So part of me, <laughs> a part of me a lot of time mentally, I still have you know, and we're, what, 15 years, so we're 15 years apart, right? So let me put it to you like this. You grew up, you're growing up in an era, and, I, and it's so funny when I'm, like, dealing with the kids on my team. And so, mind you, I have a, my oldest son is about to be 14 next month, mm-hmm. right? So um, he's almost six feet. He hoop, he play football, you know, all of that. So he's starting now to sense, get, get that feel to him and starting to sense the attention because he's the man at his school in sports. Right. And I remember asking him after this particular football game, I said to him, I said, yo, you getting a lot of attention at home, at school? He said, yeah, like a lot, <laughs> right? He has this little girl that followed him around, you know, <laughs> and all of that. So um, you guys, you know, are growing up in a situation where, and to your point about IG DMing, but we didn't have that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that far behind you. I'm not a 20, 30, 40-year-old guy talking to you like that. Right. So just, you know, you were born when I'm sitting here making moves. But, right. you know, we had to approach the girls, right? We had right. to, we had to really, our talk game had to be crazy. You know, <laughs> like, while you guys can just DM and have so much time. And I just, you know, I told a, a couple of the kids on my team, I said, oh, to me, that's corny. You know, like, like DMing a girl. And it's, it's just so much indirect right like i'm so direct mm-hmm. so my I, I used to always live by the code because again um i wasn't like i never got girls so when i did i always felt they was using me so my main thing was and again this isn't what i live by now like i said i'm a family man now 
I used to always told him, ain't no fun if the homies ain't getting none. And the reason that I used to say that was not because of it. when you hear it, you think a certain thing. Right. And I was always about smoking mirrors. I was always going to make you feel like you knew what I was doing until you saw me doing something else. So it was never about anything other than people understanding, like, look, as long as you're having fun, I'm having fun. Even if what you're doing isn't something that I'm doing, I'm having fun because you having fun. You being successful, you living, you doing whatever. So that quote, again, it's misleading because people think it might be a sexual quote. Nah, my my biggest want is that my team is good. Mm. And I tell them all the time, if I got it, you got it. Mm. I try to hire my friends. Right. Like I, all the moves that I try to make, I try to include people that I trust and believe in that are in my circle. The right. only way I outsource is if I need numbers. If I need more people than I know, then I outsource. Other than that, everybody on my team, we're going to eat. Like that's just how I feel. Um, so that that quote for me, again, if you knew where the quote came from, you would think it's a sexual quote. But right. it ain't no fun unless the homie get not. Because that's- if my man's is good, I'm good. That's you know hard. that's a whole nother yeah. perspective right there. Yeah, that yeah. is hard. That's the title of the pod right there. Boom. Yeah, right. Set it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so your other question was what? Uh the most recent life lesson you've learned. The most recent. Um man, I, I, I actually did make a make a post on Facebook. Uh, I actually shared shared a post that somebody said, um, stop being afraid to lose a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, I guess, essentially not giving you the same thing that you're giving them. Right. And I added to it and I said, but make sure that you're always being loyal to those that do. Um, my, my, my whole being and my whole making is just making sure that I'm staying true to my morals and values. You know, mm-hmm. that that that's very high on my priority list. Like I want when people talk about me, people that don't know me are going to say negative things about me. Right. And a lot of people don't know me. There might be 10 people that know me in this world. Forget followers, forget people that I come across. When you say know me, only like 10 people know me. Anybody else might talk negative about me. You're going to have more negative than positive. But you learn and what I'm consistently learning and continue to learn as I as I meet more people is that everybody has a, a agenda, mm-hmm. right? Complete um, honesty, right? I'm doing this podcast for you because I want to help you. Right. I don't want nothing from this, right? Nothing. I don't need anything from this, right? I looked at your profile. Like I said, saw your age. I got a son six years younger than you. Six years. That's not long. Exactly. Right? Again, if, if, if I don't help you get to a point faster than I did, then I fail. Mm. If my son takes it, he's 35 to do a podcast to talk about his successes and not by 34, I fail. I mm. personally feel like I fail. You know? So um, my, le- my lessons in life, current, past, future will always be take care of the ones that you feel deserve it. That will always be my life lesson. Always. Mm, that's, always. That's the Oh my God, man. 
You can't yeah. drop some bombs. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You can't even drop yeah. some bombs. Man, take care yeah. of the ones that you feel deserve it. That's it right there. That's yeah. so powerful. That's so powerful. Man. Hey, man. I, I appreciate this for real. Yeah, this you already know. Crazy. This is something crazy for real. I knew I had a feeling what I was getting into, but I didn't really know. You feel me? I didn't yeah. really know this. this and the crazy. fact, and the fact that you reached out, you know, because again, a lot of people are indirect. A lot of the messages that we get. So, um, let me rewind. The guy that I told you at the club, mm -hmm. um, I asked him to be my mentor. Right at thirty-five, I'm not ashamed that I need help. My men, the guy that helped me, which I being my mentor, his name is Rick Wright. He got a basketball organization called The Running Rebels. Mm -hmm. Like I tell people all the time, I take care of him. When I like, I have a project coming up that potentially could move me to Houston. He's the first person I call. Hey, bro, look, if this go through, like, look, I need you out there with me. Right. No shame in my game to ever ask for help. Right. Right. So the fact that you reached out because a lot of the things which I also wanted to mention was my podcast built different. Uh -huh. uh, Mr. Go 30, you probably saw him. He do yeah, a lot no, of the sports. Hilarious. So that's my guy. I met him at um at JG. We were working at JG together. JG oh, together. Really? That's how we built the connection. Yeah, I called him because I had a podcast. I had an entrepreneur podcast like four or five years ago that ended up flaring out. But when I wanted to get back into, into doing podcasts, I called him. This, this is before you knew who he was. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, look, man, like, you know, I saw you, I, I saw in him what I see in you. I'm like, look, you're doing your thing on social media. Cool. Like, I want to start this podcast. At first, it's supposed to be a bunch, a group of guys. Mm -hmm. He said to me, he said, look, man, I know those are your, your friends. Forget them. Let it just be me and you. I'm like, hold on, man. Mm -hmm. I can't forget my friends like that. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, look, I already, I already talked to them. I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a chat with everybody that said they want to be in the podcast, and it will go from there. And, you know, God's grace showed everybody hand because it ended up just being me and him in the long run. Right. So we started the podcast. And, you know, just as of this week, right, we're getting offers to, you know, for people to pay to, to, to host our podcast or whatever on their platform. But, you know, I've, I've been blessed, man. And, like, with a lot of hurdles that I've had to, I've had to jump. And those hurdles have made me who, the, who I am today. And I just feel like passing on. Um, everything that I've been blessed with is, again, is my calling. So um, when you reached out, again, everybody reach out. Yo, post, like, I DM say, yo, post my video. I, I'm the one that made the tag because they see he do the sports stuff. Right. Or have somebody, somebody call me like, yo, share my, somebody hit me on my, on my IG, on your podcast, yo, share my, my um, ear pods. Like, you know, I didn't get a good vibe from them. So what we do, we delete them. Right. Nah, like he, like 30 told me, he was like, man, people that are going to write on some of our podcasts, they think it's the easier way to get to me, mm. you know? But when you did it, um, when you reached out, I just, it, it was a different vibe, mm. you know? And I felt like, look, man, let me let me help this brother any way I can. I appreciate that, so, for real, man. This yeah. is, man, for real, man. Honestly, by you just answering, you already succeeded. And then now coming mm. and dropping crazy knowledge and really showing showing that 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 appreciation or not appreciation but showing that ah, that genuineness there we go that's the mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. genuineness 
and being vulnerable on the pod was something awesome. And this was honestly one of my favorites just because hearing your story and hearing the vulnerable parts of it. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. that for real, bro. I really and I don't give a lot of people that. Like, I, I definitely, I keep all of it to myself. A lot of people never know if I'm happy or sad. So right. um, I just want to give you the best of me if I could. That, that was it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So let's wrap it up, man. Let's wrap yes. it up. Any last remarks? Nah, this was, man, this was a great opportunity for me um, to be able to bless you. And I hope, man, I was I was everything you, you could ask for and more, man. More, man. Plus more. But I appreciate this. Hey, for anybody that's watching, make sure if you're listening on podcast, hit that download, hit that subscribe button, all that good stuff. And if you got any knowledge like I did, just share it. Share it. Like he said, we got to pass the baton. There's, You're not going to lose the knowledge. You're not going to lose the knowledge if you bottle it up. You're only going to progress the whole team forward. So make sure you share this. You share this. And like my grandma said, man, keep going and keep growing. Love y'all. Peace.